0: friends it's Sarah May and this is another audience Q&A episode Uh, it's about partners with boundary issues and unrequited love so the first question I have is from someone I'll call Ellen who's dealing with a partner who has issues with boundaries so Ellen says she's in a long-term committed relationship she loves her partner so so much But there's this girl from the past who's kind of dipping in and out of the scene now, uh, just via text. And at a couple points in the past, her partner and this person were lovers. Um, But most recently, she's confessed her love to her partner, who let this person down gently. And she's still trying to contact him, still pursuing him. And he tries to be cordial and is pretty open about communicating whenever this girl contacts him to Ellen. But Ellen is still pissed off because it feels like he's not really drawing a firm line. And she wants him to basically say, I'm not into you, and I'm in a relationship, so stop contacting me. Um, And she's assuming that maybe this is because they've had a long-term friendship, But either way, she's struggling uh, either with how to put this out of her mind or how to confront it. So here's what I want to offer Ellen uh, based off that situation. Yes, it does sound like he needs to be more firm about boundaries because you are his partner. You are the one he has loyalty to. Even though he's had a really long friendship with this person, you're the person that he should put first in this situation. So if you haven't already had this conversation, definitely get the deets. Have an open dialogue about what what's happening. Tell him exactly how you feel, what you'd like him to do, and um, I would ask him really concrete questions, like what is he getting out of this relationship currently? Is it a positive relationship? Um, because it sounds like this friend, if they are a friend, they're crossing boundaries and not making him feel super comfortable. Ask him if he if he has clearly stated to this person that the advances are unwanted. Just get some clarity on exactly what's happening, what what he's saying, what she's saying. Because in fairness to the girl, you don't normally keep knocking unless there's a crack of a door open, you know? Just the in in situations like this, it's like Someone, if they were firmly and clearly told, look, this is not cool, I don't like this, you're putting me in an awkward position, then they'll more likely respect it. So it might be that he hasn't been clear. There's a way to be clear and also kind. Um, And if he has been clear, then and she's violating his wishes by continuing to contact him in this way, then I would suggest, or you to suggest to him, maybe using just a call block, assuming he has an iPhone. Uh, And he, he also might not care that much about this. Like, it's not hurting him, therefore he might not feel the need to strategize about it. But simply put, if it's an inappropriate form of contact, it should not be responded to with respect, because it's not in itself respectful. On the other hand, If maybe he just feels guilty and he feels bad, there are kind ways of drawing a firmer boundary. The easiest of which would be blaming it on you and just saying, like, "Uh, I can't because my girlfriend is really mad. That's a way for him to not have to get involved. I would offer that that one up to him. Say, like, you can totally use me. Say I'm, like, incredibly jealous and I can't handle it and that's why he has to cut off contact or he can't receive texts like this. Separate from getting all the information, I would also just lay on the table in a very you-focused way how this makes you feel. So everything should be about, this is my issue, this is how I'm hurting, that kind of perspective. Not a, you need to do this, you're making me feel this way, you're not doing blank perspective. So just explain, like, I'm struggling, this hurts me a lot, kind of drives me crazy, I feel like powerless. Um, and then also explain what it would take for him to, or how he could make you feel safe, loved, and cared for. So it would be uh, all I would love for you to do is really disrespectfully tell her uh, this is not okay and I can't have texts from you like this. I really care about my partner and this hurts her, so I, it just it's not cool. I can't keep this open. I can't keep this going. And then to not accept phone calls or block her. Maybe that's what you want him to do. Whatever it is, say what you would love for him to do. And then end the conversation by saying, whatever you decide to do is your decision and I will respect it. I just had to let you know how this makes me feel and then also what would make me really happy. And after that conversation, make a decision about how you are going to deal um, in your journal, for example. If he changes and if he doesn't, because you can accept both and be OK, you just have to choose to do that ahead of time. So I'll tell people to go through a mental rehearsal of imagining the best case scenario and the worst case scenario and welcome both equally. because you can totally be just as happy, just as fine, whether whatever he does, you just have to choose to be that way, just decide for yourself) um, I'm going to be fine. Whatever he does. It's, it's his life. It's something that's happening to him. It's not directly happening to me. And really what needs to happen for you to maintain that okayness is for him to just not tell you about when that happens. Because it's, it really comes down to trust. Do you trust this person or do you not? If you do trust him, then you have nothing to worry about. It's more an annoyance. It's a sign of disrespect from the girl. Which is fine, you just don't have to hear about it. So I would tell him, like, I just really need you to not tell me. If he if he chooses to keep the friendship, then it's really about like saying, like, look, I just can't hear about it. It upsets me and annoys me, puts a damper on my day. So that's on you. Uh, I just don't don't bring her up. I don't want to know. And if you don't trust him, then you have some thinking to do. Because if he decides not to change and he decides to continue to have text conversations with this girl that's not respecting boundaries you still have power in the situation um you can you can choose to remove yourself from it it's it's really about deciding if it's worth it is it a deal breaker or is it not a deal breaker cuz i would say just to validate you in feeling upset it's when people accept that kind of behavior from a friend quote unquote friend Instead of cutting it off because it feels inappropriate, it somewhat implies that they like being adored. Because if not, it kind of, if they don't like it, it's like, that would feel pretty awkward if you think about it. Think about if it was you. You have a close friend and they tell you that they're, they're in love with you and you're in a relationship. If I was in that position, I would be like, whoa, um, this isn't cool. My partner would be really pissed off. Um, with you telling me th- these types of things, I feel bad because my partner will feel bad, and therefore, I'm feeling awkward around you. so if that awkwardness is missing, then there's likely something about that just that part of it that sits weird with you, and that's not to say you have to worry about him or anything like that. I'm just telling you like you're not crazy, I would feel weird too um when people appreciate and crave adoration from others, it's often just because they have a weak ego, like they like the pumping up. It doesn't mean it's going past that. It just means maybe they're feeding off the fandom. So it's it's not about you. It's more about him. And that could be nothing to do with it. It could be just that he actually does feel really guilty and and has a hard time standing up for himself and and push and creating a boundary because he's afraid of hurting her feelings, which is probably, um, I think what you said he was doing. Maybe he, he just feels like he doesn't want to hurt her. I would say that's just a misunderstanding though, because there are very easy ways of being clear and not hurting somebody. So regardless, I want you to hold tight to the fact that it's not your job to fix it, it's also not your problem, it's his problem. You can strongly state how you feel, you can give him advice as to how to fix it. And past that, it's really your most important job to protect yourself and take care of yourself. If it's um if it makes you feel worse to kind of check or or ask him or inspect his phone or whatever, that's going to hurt your relationship more in the long run because it's really not your job or your role to be a police officer. That process can turn someone into desperate and, like, you can start to feel like a victim and, like, you're clinging. It, it removes all of your autonomy and your power and your, um, your sense of yourself. So we become lower and less than and ugly in our own minds when we feel like we've got to cling. And, and so really by just focusing on you and maintaining you and a focus on yourself and staying in your own head, that is how you retain what is attractive and powerful about you. So you have to always focus on yourself and it's his problem to manage his life and and boundaries effectively. And if he doesn't, there should be consequences. So I have a couple tools for you on this. Particular sitch first one is a journal prompt I want you to write your boundary list so we we all have our own boundaries sometimes we don't really crystallize what they are until someone crosses one so just write a list of what you feel comfortable with and uncomfortable with uh, in, uh, specifically in your relationship after you write that list I want you to decide what you are willing to tolerate and what you are not willing to tolerate And if you haven't, this is an optional last step. I want you to share this list in a non-offensive, non-threatening way with your partner. So just something if you've never made that clear before. A lot of people never have that type of conversation just because it never comes up. And a lot of the time, people kind of take advantage of that gray area. Like, well, we've never officially said it, so it's okay. Totally not saying that's what your relationship is. I'm just saying that based on other relationships. It sounds like yours is not like that. But it can be a good area just to just to put it out in the air, you know, in a completely, like, just so you have this information. Just wanted to know that you, you were a keeper of these facts. The end. And then you don't have to bring it up again. Um, I think it's just a good thing to have that type of combo. All right, cool. Next. Tool is the assessment hat, the big red assessment hat. I've given this one multiple times, but I think it's really helpful when you, if you ever get into that state of feeling angry or powerless or like, you know, uh, desperate and graspy, imagine you're wearing a giant red hat and it's called the assessment hat. And I put this on occasionally uh, just to reorient myself. So the hat is just you're supposed to assess, that's it. Do I like this or do I not like this? You're just assessing objective information. It's really about that and nothing else. You're not reading minds. You're not reading interpretations. You're just focusing on actions and choosing and seeing how it makes you feel. You don't control another person. You control you and your own body. Just stay in that body. That is where all your power lies, and that's where the only relevant information will ever come from. It's just what you see and what you witness in other people's behavior. For example, let's say you resolve uh, by feeling that you trust this person, but this behavior in particular hurts you. That's the objective information. Your power lies in... Just taking in that information and responding to it. That's the end of your job. Just when you've responded, that's all you can do. Or you can choose to not be in the relationship any longer. Past that, it's pointless. Not relevant whatsoever. So that's just a way to get out of the uh, analysis mode that can drive us crazy. Next tool is called Grow Big Pills. So this is a way for dealing with jealousy if you have any, you get into that place where you start to compare yourself or feel victimized or powerless and graspy. This is just to give yourself a little bit of a boost, a way to like grow a little bit stronger. So I want you to picture this person, this other girl who is texting your man, and picture yourself in that position. Someone who is holding so tightly to someone who doesn't love them, who's in a relationship, who's happy, who feels bad for them. Picture yourself disrespecting the partner and leveraging anything they could to get a connection to this, this dude. And now think of how, like, desperate and stuck and humiliating and sad that position is. And just feel sad for this girl. And now, send her love. That's the exercise. Picture just how that feels to be that way. And like, that's not a, that girl's not in a good place compared to where you're at. It's it's a very petty, kind of uh, degrading place to be in, I would say. So it's it, it feels, like you can't imagine yourself doing that, right? That's, that's why you got to send this girl love. She needs it. <laughs> needs to grow out of this. I hope those are helpful. Uh, If you need something else in particular, hit me up. Uh, Write me an email. Alrighty, next question is on unrequited love. So this one is for Leo. The question is about love between, well, one-sided love between two friends. They're still friends, but Leo is in love with the friend with either no hope or very very slim hope of ever consummating that love he's asking how do you move on if you're deeply in love with this friend and secondly how do you find love in the future with someone who actually can love you back as much as you love them so here's what i want to offer you based off of that situation so first of all that's just bum luck a lot of it um i will say if you did ever have a shot at being with this person romantically it would be when you choose to pull away from them and pursue a romantic relationship. Just by making yourself unavailable to them, you kind of show them what it is you really offer them in just your void. A lot of the time when you're in a situation like this, you're giving them their cake and they're eating it too, meaning they're, you're giving them all the benefits of a partnership without the reciprocation of a partnership. So there's really no reason for them to become your partner because they've already got you. So if you've been besties for a really long time and you haven't become intimate yet, then I'm guessing you will likely not because otherwise it's it would be just an inevitable result. And if you haven't told them how you feel and you're just kind of hanging out in really this painful state of longing, then I would suggest, because I'm the second half of your question is about love, like wanting to find love. So the second half of what I would say is you've got to, Cut it off at least while you build up some perspective um, to them that is different so you can come back and be kind of a healthier form of friends. And I don't mean like all at once. I just mean start to get a little bit more distance uh, so you can just create some space because right now you're in it and it's like you're unavailable. And it sounds like this is hurting you, but you're definitely just occupied. You have an occupied sign on your, your heart. Therefore, it has to stop, at least in the short term, so that it can be reset from a healthier new position. Um, and there's a very strong likelihood that you can be friends with this person and not be in love with them anymore when you are in your own happy romantic relationship. But for right now, it sounds like you're just you're disabled in that department because of the status. It's just consuming your, your heart. And as far as love goes, uh, you're not going to reach love if you are staying in this relationship right now because right now you're not you're not looking with your whole heart you're you're it's like putting love and life on hold so if you are requesting this topic i'm guessing that it doesn't feel great to be you right now in this position one question i wanted to ask you to ask yourself is Why do you think you're falling for people who are not available or interested in you? Because often, not saying this is true, but often that points to a feeling of fear, uh, of intimacy, just a a need to hide or need to self-protect. And that usually comes with an inner sense of unworthiness that we're not even aware of. So if that rings a tiny bell of maybe, then I want you to start the process of working on yourself Cleaning your house, so to speak. So just think about what it is that needs confronting in yourself. because then you can be really, really bulletproof and ready for to give yourself to somebody else. So I just want you to take a, a look inward um, and just examine any kind of are there any feelings of unworthy unworthiness that need dispelling, like any misalignments between what you want for yourself? and how you are acting because a lot of the time we act we say we want something we really want something but we're we're taking actions not in alignment with that because there are these beliefs that are holding us back and we can't recognize that so we're like why am i not getting that thing i want because we're not we're afraid to walk toward it so a lot of change really is just recognizing those zigzags like we're walking different directions with both feet, and then aligning, just spelling out, this is what I want, this is how I'm acting, this is what I need to tweak about how I'm acting. And usually that's something we're doing unconsciously. So if, if you were to want to find a real intimate relationship, then here's what I want you to do. Start with a journal entry, and just write a list of what you want for yourself. You get to choose that but it makes it, it's a lot easier when you, you actually allow yourself to explore that openly. So just start with, I want you to write a list of everything you want for yourself in life, but specifically in a partner. So this is the love list. I've given this one quite a few times, but it's one of my favorites because a lot of the time we, we have a vague idea of what we're looking for, but we never actually make it clear to ourselves. So on this list, I want you to write things like, I want someone that's honest, I want someone that's six feet tall, whatever it is, um, I, want some, I want love, I want someone that shares their life with me, and most importantly for you on this list, is going to be someone who is super into me, who is attracted to me, and wants to be with me romantically. So that is a prerequisite for anyone you attach to emotionally in the future. That's going to go on the top, within the top 10 of your list. Um, And so in the future, when you go on dates, the number one question you're going to ask yourself when you meet this person, the next person is, do I like them? Are they treating me well? And after that, you're going to ask, do they treat me like a prize? Are they into me? And do they appreciate my gifts? Do they get me? Do they love me? Are they like into what I am? And I mean romantically. And if the answer is no, then you move on. It's really that simple. There are a lot of us who actually stop ourselves from that moving on step in that moment. And that is because we get wrapped up in the idea that we can change them if we just try hard enough. Or if we just wait long enough. It's like we want to believe it so badly. But that's just like delaying the inevitable. And oftentimes when we do things like that, it's because we're resetting a stage from childhood. Like we like the familiar construct of earning our worth. It makes us feel at home in our own skin to just be like, to have someone that's just out of reach. This is like where we feel like ourselves. So if that feels like it's maybe true, that's a sign pointing to potential inner unworthiness just as you are. And it's coming from like a really old place. Um... And that's just a bad habit of focus. It's like you don't realize you're doing that, so that's really just deserves some exploration. Uh, Another reason people do that is because we actually have an unconscious uh, fear of attention, and we get uncomfortable with the idea of being uh, focused on. So people who bypass those who are not into them, who, who attach to people who are, are far away or not available, are also by and large those who prefer the safety of someone who is never going to come close and look at you for who you are. Because it feels scary and intense to be the focus. So here's a quick test I want you to try. Imagine this person. Imagine tomorrow they came over to your house and they said, I love you. Let's do this. I think you're the one for me. I want to be together. I want to get married. And they start telling you how amazingly attractive you are and making long eye contact. So would this moment make you purely thrilled, or would it also kind of make you uncomfortable? Like, does it feel scary and intense? Uh, It's a lot easier to be attracted to the idea of someone and long for them when they are an arm's length of distance out of reach because that's where it's easy to fall in love it's it's safe it's not real it's not like you're looking at all my warts and so if if that felt intense in your imagination that just signals maybe a fear of getting hurt like a an intense vulnerability a discomfort with being seen and that's in part often because we have inner darkness or feelings of low self-worth like to to be seen feels embarrassing almost like we're like, wait, 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 but no, I don't have a whole lot to offer. So that's more circle it if it that did come up for you. Circle it. Some work needs to be done just on in the self-love department. So I have a tool for you, a journal exercise. I'm calling it Heart Anchors. So whatever comes up for you in this exercise, I want you to write it down stream-of-consciousness style. So it what you're going to be writing down are... Interferes, voices of doubt, anything your brain says like that would never happen, all of those responses are going to go down in a list. So here's the prompt. Imagine your love interest says, I love you and I want to marry you. What does your brain say back? Write down as many unique responses as you can for as long as you can. So the goal of this exercise is to get to an underlying belief that is operating against you. Usually it'll be a very small, sensitive truth that pops up. And that is the heart anchor. That's the thing that's holding your heart back. When we have a desire, but we're pulling ourselves backwards the other way, the point is really to recognize that underlying belief. Maybe it's something like, I'm not good enough, or this person is better than me. Just seeing that is something you can work on it because that's the real issue. It's not the relationship. The secret belief. That's what's like just dragging you back. That's why you're not moving anywhere. For example, maybe it's you don't feel worthy of love. Like I've got jack shit to give you. That is what your issue is to focus on. That's a very simple problem. You've got to focus on building up your confidence. That is a separate problem to be tackled just in a vacuum. Focus on that alone. All right, and... Here's another POV. If you didn't have that reaction when you did my little imagination exercise, like if you had the opposite feeling of joy and holy shit, this is my dream come true, when your love interest said, I love you and let's be together, then I think pure and simple, you've got to break up with the friendship temporarily while you get your bearings so you can pursue a romantic relationship that will work for you just by curating specifically somebody is into you. It's that simple. It's just, I mean, literally you've got to put that on the shopping list. Treat this like a very cut and dry process. Start by getting it on a dating app, whatever it is, Tinder, Bumble. I recommend OkCupid personally, um, just because of sheer numbers, but just treat it like a job. Swipe aggressively. Fill the crap out of your profile and rate people as often as possible. And then it's really just about that algorithm working its statistical magic. It's just a numbers game. Treat it like exactly what it is. Sifting. It's just a sifting process. Things emotional just need to be made pragmatic. Take concrete steps toward a very specific goal. It's, that's it. That's the secret. Make the goal specific. In this case, someone who is interested in me romantically and looking for a relationship with me. And then it's just about getting in a place where you could possibly cross paths with that person, a.k.a. an app. Um, Separate from that, you really also have to get to a place where you are available in yourself, as yourself, ready to give of that self, which is why I really want you to start with the availability portion of this as well, meaning you've got to cut off this pseudo-romantic, not cut off completely, I just think create some healthy space. So just taper. Just begin to, like, uh, do some time, you know, separate so you're not with them all the time. Hang out, like, don't hang out at their house. Don't cuddle with them. Like, draw some healthy boundaries with your friend. And I believe you absolutely, if you were to treat this like a full-time job and do this aggressively, I would guess in a year you'd be in a romantic relationship. But you've got to take it seriously and be really aggressive. Do it till you hate doing it. Put it that way. Um, and if you have more questions about this, like if I didn't answer what you were looking for, then hit me up. So I hope this helps. And before I close, I want to thank my latest sponsors. Brett, very sweet letter and very generous monthly donation. Thank you so much. Jessica and Sorcha, both of you, very generous. And thank you all for the lovely letters. I'm constantly moved to tears by your various... <clears throat> Puberty just hit me <clears throat> by your various successes. So thank you so much for taking the time to share them with me. You made my life. So in closing, love is the best thing in the world. I think it's the best part of life. Uh, so love yourself enough to get what you want. And if you're not getting what you want, then ask yourself if some part of you is not asking loud enough. Claiming what you want takes strength and vulnerability. It takes Risking the injury of humiliation of possibly not getting what you want in return. And that is the battle that wins you love, taking that risk, using that strength and meaning it and knowing what you want and not hiding, saying it in a voice that's loud enough for others to hear it. And that's how the other people who mean it will hear you. It's scary and makes you feel dumb at times. But it's literally how you walk toward the other authentic person who is looking for you. You make a beeline toward each other when you both take meaningful steps. You've got to say what you want and just say it authentically again and again and again. And the more proudly you ask and the more proudly you, the more proudly you say who you are, uh, the more authentic it becomes, the more natural it becomes, and the easier it gets. And your skin grows thicker really fast. So know that it's not going to be painful forever. Um, So I hope you get it. I hope you go for it. And uh, I hope this helps you. All right. Thanks, everybody. Smile.